Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. everyone from unlike any other the umac weimarl ryan mitchell ryan i had to beat you to it tonight you always say merry christmas before i do and i mean granted you say it a lot earlier than i do in the season but i had to beat you to it but i'm sure you would say the same thing back are you taking a shot at me why do i no, say it no, too much no i don't think you say it too much you always just say it though like anytime we get to december we had this conversation when we wrapped up the pod last time we were on so i wanted to make sure I no. beat you to the punch here, but uh, Merry Christmas to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, how, how are things going for you here as we get ready to chat some more UMAC hoops? Merry Christmas to you as well, Wyatt. And uh, top of mind for, for us right now is just, you know, surviving a white Christmas. We can't complain, Wyatt. Sometimes people are like, well, is it truly going to be a white Christmas? Wyatt, we can say definitively with the weather that you and I are experiencing in different parts of the great state of Minnesota – it will be a white Christmas. So aren't you aren't you happy about that? We will have a white Christmas. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy about it, but at the same time, like I mean, it can be too much to a certain extent. <laughs> like it can stop snowing anytime now up here in Crooks and we got like a foot and a half last week. We've gotten some uh, more this week and and the roads are bad, the wind. It's it's not very fun when when it's this much. I mean, we've had wind chills at 50 below the past couple of days, so I hear you. It's great that it's a white Christmas, but there is such a thing as too much. So I'm kind of in between on that one. So it's it's pretty bad down there, I know, too, though. And uh, there's snow coming in and some high winds coming up here for the traveling weekend for Christmas. So uh, if anybody is traveling, obviously want to wish them well and safe travels uh, to and from as they see loved ones here this holiday season. But uh, as far as UMAC hoops go, Ryan, we're kind of in the calm before the storm, if you will. We had our first weekend of conference play. It's great to get it in early December. We've also had this conversation before, but now we have to kind of just sit and wait until they play again here in January. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I mean, we did talk about that, and you, you had some valid reasons for why you don't like it so much. Like when we started, let's just get it rolling. But I'm thankful for it because we got a taste of it at least, okay? And I've, I've poured over box scores multiple times. I've looked back at you know, so many things from that weekend. So I'm thankful we got it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still looking forward to the new year, but this is time, Wyatt, to recharge the batteries for the listeners, for ourselves to just kind of breathe for a little bit. It's kind of like gearing up for the final furlong. We're not even into the final furlong because we're not to February yet, but the last half of the lap, if you will, I know you like to run a lot, Wyatt. So if I can put it in that mindset, we're not yet through 
200 meters because it's 400 around the track. So what what are we at right now? Like the 135, 140 really meter deep, mark? Really deep. Do they refer to that as they're running around the track? Do you think they say, well, they're at the 140 <laughs> mark now as they get ready to, I don't know where they'd be on a track, how hey, to, I suppose, getting ready to make I, the second turn? I should be asking you why. You're one of the greatest voices in Minnesota high school sports calling all these different sports for your job. I mean, you're the one who should know that. You haven't called... I will track say, so far? <laughs> I've covered track, Ryan, but I've never actually broadcasted or announced a, a track race of any kind. I mean, I've covered it a little bit, but uh, I've never had the uh, opportunity to actually call a race. It'd be kind of fun. Yet, to, like, be, yet be, is the keyword. Yet is the keyword. <laughs> or, or even at like the Olympics where you see them, even it's a 10-second race, for instance, there's a lot of energy, and that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, so yeah. I'm not taking any shots there at that. But uh no, it's just you You really went in depth there and went in deep. So I'll use that when I get the opportunity to later on. How about that? So you're Sounds absolutely good. right. You're absolutely right, though. We are getting towards that halfway point here soon, though. And even though it's calm right now, it'll come up on us quick. And even with that being the case, we do have a couple of different things to dive into tonight. We're going to talk about a couple of different teams, things that we've kind of noticed, and uh, just uh, what to expect moving forward. Before we do that, might as well throw the information out there. If you have any questions for us, you're new to the pod, uh, feel free to obviously download all of the episodes uh, that we've done before and this one, get caught up. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us. We would love to interact with you. Let us know where you're listening from, things like that. If you have questions, uh, you can email us, uaotheumac at gmail.com. And we're also on uh, Twitter as well, unlike any other, the UMAC. You can DM us on there. Uh, We post all the links to the podcast on there, some other content, so you can certainly take a look there as well i think that's all the platforms i mean we're we're not very uh active on anything else are we ryan or at least no. not that i'm aware of are you doing something that i don't know of <laughs> i am not white i'm uh i'm not on a, a lot of the other platforms personally and i'm not for the podcast either so i said it before Respect. i'll say it again Pe- people said you you wouldn't be able to find us on twitter again i mean people were worrying they were fretting and saying that that's like the hub for me to see all this stuff and you and i were trying to stay calm and saying hey the rumors are false i mean the engineers know what they're doing for whatever ones are still working with. The Twitter's still up, as far as I know, unless it just went down as, recently. As, as so. far as <laughs> as far as we know, it's it's still operating. But yeah, yeah. But but uh, real quick on a serious note, we will be more committed, and I'm saying this to myself personally to try to put myself on the record, especially when we flip into the new year, being more active on Twitter. So we're going to try to up our game on that. Wide, I know that was an off-season discussion that you and I had, and so we're going to try to put that into fruition especially when we get back into the ride of umac play in 2023 but why we're in 2022 still we're enjoying these last chunk of days of this year and all that is to be said we do have a few things to talk about and we just did a little pre-show meeting but we're going to drop some stuff on each other from some key takeaways that we've had thus far where would you like to start i'll leave it up to you to get into our conversation about what what teams kind of stick out that we want to talk about tonight. Well, I like starting on the women's side, so why don't we start there? And this was one that you kind of thought was worth talking about and bringing to light, and that's Northland and specifically uh, what Miranda Wagner has been able to do early on. And shout out to her. She's on my fantasy squad, hoping that this carries over into conference play. So uh, she's been having some pretty big performances. I'll let you take it and talk about it a little bit because you were the one that brought it up. What what kind of stands out and what's the, the big story there you think this year with Northland? 
Well, I'm not going to say much before handing it back to you because I'm giving a golf clap to you as well. I mean, there was a lot Thank of you. naysayers and speculation when she was taking Are one talking overall. About Bauman? And... Are we talking about Bauman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was he? Uh, I, I, those those people won't be named. But there there were people okay. Wyatt, who were doubting you and saying, "Really? Like, I mean, yeah, she's going to get volume and she's a big time performer in this conference. But one overall, I mean, has Wyatt lost his marbles? No, I, I, not yet, at least. I, I don't think he's off his rocker yet. I mean, Wagner is putting up some pretty big numbers early. We talked about it a few weeks ago, whenever that was, when we were recapping the opening week in a UMAC play and. It was, Wyatt, worth noting. I mean, there's an asterisk in their last contest from, you know, where we're sitting right now. The last time they played was December the 12th against Mount Mary. And, you know, nobody's uh, getting too scared of Mount Mary in Division Three basketball. I'll just leave it there. But uh, okay. still, still okay. Wyatt, still, for, for people who are unaware, she didn't leave the floor. 41 points, 13 boards, 7 blocks, and 4 steals on 18 of Get This, Wyatt. How many times did she shoot the ball? 34 times. And I'll hand it over to you. How how stoked are you with what you have seen so far from the Lumberjills senior out of Wyoming? Well, the volume's great. And, and I think that, like I kind of said in my reasoning and selecting her, is I think she's going to have to. Now, 34 is maybe a little uh, outrageous <laughs> to think she's always going to be putting up 34 shots a game. But uh, there, there is going to be opportunities for her to score and do other things for this team. And I think when you look at Northland moving forward this year, too, she's just going to have to be that player that's able to do that. And uh, th- there's going to be opportunities, I think, in conference play for that to continue and roll over. And for Northland as a team, Ryan, I, I don't know. There's just a different sense, at least to me, uh, about this team early on this season. Would you agree? Because, I mean, there wasn't a lot to expect coming into this year with a new coach and just with the way things wrapped up last year. But I would say they've been very, very impressive, all things considered. Yeah, you you talk about the the turnover and the transition. Why? I'm glad you mentioned it because shout out to head coach Lisa Phillips. In her first year at the helm, I mean, it's not easy to take over a program, especially with where Northland stood with you know, the, the past couple seasons that have been tough, and especially last year with the difficulties that they had. And obviously they still want to get better and continue to improve. And, you know, they're one and one in UMAC play, so we're early. But if you were to tell Lumberjill supporters, Wyatt, through nine games, you can have four wins already. When we look back a season ago for Northland College Lumberjill basketball, Wyatt, take a guess. How many wins do you think they had a season ago? Uh, two? They had one one win the whole season. The one? Okay. So four, four through the opening nine games. Like, that is progress. You'll take it. We'll, we'll and, see and, more when we get deeper into UMAC play, but it's a good start. And take it a step further, they got a conference win, too. You know, yes. to, to go off that right away. On the road. On the opening weekend. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely correct. Lots of things to like with them. So I think what we're seeing there and what's developing, good signs to come from Northland, and that's just worth mentioning and uh, something to discuss here as we kind of have that lull before conference play will start up again. So uh, anything else with them before we move over to our second talking point on the women's side? No, I was going to say, you know, speaking of, you know, big big numbers that we've seen and whatnot and, and big box scores, we've seen a lot of them in the past for Bethany and a player putting up big stats was Hannah Geisfeld. And I know some people listening to this are like, would you move on already? Oh my goodness. She hasn't played since last year. Would you move on? Okay. It's a storyline. It's a different roster. It's a different squad. So you and I 
talked with Coach Jones about it before the season began, and we've talked about it so far during the season, both on the mic, off the mic. How is it going to look? Plenty of players back, but you don't have Hannah Geisfeld. You have some new players inserting into larger roles. What's it going to look like? Well, Wyatt, we know Coach Jones is not going to be shy about the non-conference scheduling. I mean, they go through an absolute gauntlet. And through 11 games, would you like to have more than three wins? Well, sure. But I think we've seen some compelling things the last chunk of games, Wyatt, starting to figure things out a little more. They're 2-2 two and two over their last four games, starting to pick up a little bit of mojo. And I got a little egg on my face with what we talked about early in the year. I mean, you know, they could make us look silly, and specifically for Bethany Lutheran, their forward junior out of Buffalo Make, Minnesota, could make us look silly. If Sarah Kotke continues to play and puts up these numbers, I'm going to be upset that she was uh, not one of the two players that I took for my fantasy squad. Congrats to her. She was named the UMAC Player of the Week, Wyatt. Not sure if you saw that just a few days ago, that releasing during this Christmas week. And I think it's interesting for them, Wyatt, because you look here, they still got Simpson College, who was at least top 25 earlier this year. I don't know if they still are, but always a perennial big-time club in the ARC, the American Rivers Conference. And then also in that same conference, who's also a juggernaut most years, Warburg. They got both of them before they even return to UMAC play. So are they going to start to see the fruits of their labor, if we want to put it that way, Wyatt, from going through this tough, tough non-conference slate to get them ready for the full sprint in UMAC play that's going to get started up again on January 7th. In your opinion, will this pay off in the long run for Bethany Lutheran? Well, it usually does, and he even talks about how it does, and he respects other coaches that do the same thing. And over at Morris, you know, he talked about Coach Grove and how he thought that helped them in the conference tournament last year. So I I think regardless of the team, regardless of the coach or the conference you're in, you schedule tough teams, it is going to reward you down the stretch. I just don't see how it can't. You, you know, you play the best teams, you're only going to get yourself better. So I, I think it will, and it still might take, I, I got to see it still before I can say they're going to be the team we know they can be. It might take a few conference games still to officially get it rolling, but I'm sure by the end of the year, Coach Jones will have this team right where they want to be, back in the thick of things and ready to go. And I, I mean, I know one in one to open up conference play, obviously they'd like to be two and all right now but uh, this is a team that still in my opinion don't let the record fool you they are more than capable of going and winning the conference this year especially with how open it is and yeah going back to cocky i i still i can't figure out i gotta go back and look at our picks how she did not get taken i i i, I thought for sure one of us did select her so that just again shows how bad my memory is but uh she she can play as you mentioned uh, at a high level and she could be one of the key pieces for them and an x factor moving forward all right, I'm, I'm writing this down here. Give me a second, Wyatt. So on December the 21st, the evening that we are recording, Wyatt says, Shortest quote, day of the year. It, it, true. Just throwing that fun fact out there. Is it Just, officially you know, the winter solstice? I believe so, 21st. Okay. And then it's, what, June 21st in the summer? Yep, I believe? and uh, it's September 21st for the fall. We're also educational on this show. Just throwing that out there. Let your kids listen to us. But Don't anyways, worry, folks. Go ahead. We won't Can talk about the weather again as much as I really want to. Uh, uh, no, but I was saying, so uh, here we go. That That's the date. Wyatt says, quote, at the end of the year, Coach Jones will have his club right where they want to be, dash, right in the thick of things. All right, so it, it's down. It's jotted. It's in the books. So we're going to hold you to that, Wyatt. Me and everyone else 
who is following this conference, are they going to be in that spot when we look to mid to late February and we set the UMAC tournament slate? Are they the one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed fighting for a playoff spot? Are they on the outside looking in at the five spot? Who knows? Because it's wide That's, open and up yeah. for grabs. That's that's too hard to say for sure, but they'll they'll be a playoff team. I'm pretty confident okay. in saying that. So I, I think they'll they'll be a playoff team and a team you don't necessarily want to see in the conference tournament. Let's put it that way. That is absolutely fair. And yeah, going back to Kotke White, I mean, if I can just defend myself real quickly, even though you know people probably don't want to hear me do that. The reason, the only reason I said it was nothing to do with her talent and her ability. If you remember last year, Wyatt, I picked her. Okay. Like, I believed in it last year, saw the talent mm-hmm. as an underclassman, and to be honest, it was a little underwhelming. But that's tough when you got Hannah Geisfield next to you. But there was some injury concerns. We saw that a little bit earlier this year as well. So I said during our draft, I don't know how often she's going to be on the floor, and because of that uncertainty, I can't pick her. And now, of course, the one that I take number one overall, who I pick as my player of the year, Haley Meyer Wyatt. Hasn't played in the last chunk of games, so there you have it. You know, is that uh, what I should stuff, deserve for uh, stuff not happens. believing? No, I I don't think you deserve it by any means, but it, it just goes to show you it's unpredictable. I mean, you just you don't know for sure what's going to happen. So it, it is what it is. You could have done this the other way, Ryan, and it could have worked out the complete opposite. You know, it's, it's one of those things you can't fault yourself. So we're in Mankato right now, Wyatt, unless you have anything else. Do you want to stay in Mankato and move to the other side of the coin? Yeah, let's let's do that. Head on over to the men's side again. There's just not uh, there's some teams on both sides that aren't even playing right now. Christmas is coming up. These are just a couple of things we wanted to just hop on and talk about this week. So if we didn't mention your team this week, don't worry. There will be plenty more coming once we get to conference play in January. Quick hint, Wyatt, when people are listening to this, very shortly, if not already up on your podcast feed, you can listen to someone a lot brighter than Wyatt and I talk about another club on the woman's side in the UMAC who is off to a really good start, and they're 2-0. and And those are all the hints I'm going to give you. And it's a first-year head coach at the program. And now I'm just going to stop cow. and shut up. That's that <laughs> a lot of hints. I mean, anybody that's a faithful UMAC uh, follower is going to figure out who it is. But they, you know, we'll have it up shortly but, anyway, but so why, yeah, quick that's fine. Plug, quick plug, listen to that one Absolutely. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Bethany's men's team, they finally suffered a loss, Ryan. I mean, it's almost surprising to say that with the role that they were on. And it was more of they just lost a shootout by the looks of it to Buena Vista by a score of 98 to 85. Otherwise, they've been rolling. They beat Gustavus uh, coming off of the conference weekend. So they're still plugging right along. What impresses you most about this team? We've talked about them a lot already this year, how at least I think they're the clear-cut favorite right now on the men's side. They've kind of established themselves at that. They're they're so balanced depth-wise. They've got so many options they can go to. Their starting five is just incredible. So out of all of that, what impresses you the most out of this team, and is this kind of play sustainable throughout the course of the entire season? Yeah, there's a lot there, Wyatt, but... I want to talk about the the depth word that you used and what we've talked about so much both on the mic and off the mic as well with this group for Coach Garvin's club. And he's only been at Bethany for a few years and they had a lot of talent last year and they lose Brian and Kyrie and the Malinkoviches and you're wondering how they're going to pick up the pieces, but arguably this is the best group that they have. And that, you know, goes to show how good they were, you know, recruiting, developing, and in the transfer portal to be able to figure out how they could be so good to start this year after losing those guys. All that is to be said, you talk about depth, okay? Last game 
that they played against Buena Vista in that loss. Now, you and I are both just saying we're not even going to entertain the conversation wide unless you want to do so. Is the sky falling? I don't think the sky is falling. No, 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 no point to even entertain it. Like you said, if anything, I'm still asking the question of if it's sustainable for them to continue to play at this high level and win so many games. Because, I mean, it's their first loss for crying out loud. Well, and losses can't always, you know, they're not always a bad thing. Like you've said before in the past with your Gonzaga team, who sometimes gets on an absolute roll, and I'm going to bring them up in a little bit in a comparison. So so wait for that. But sometimes a loss, Wyatt, especially in the non-con, before you get into the thick of the end of conference play, whether we're talking about D1 or D3, it's not the worst thing. I'm not saying Bethany was way too, you know, high on their squad and getting too confident and cocky at 10-0 and and starting to read their press clippings a little too much. But, you know, getting knocked back down a little bit isn't always the worst thing. Now, that's not what is being reported out of Mankato that they needed to be knocked down a little bit and we're getting a little too confident in themselves, but I, I'm just saying, so we'll, we'll leave that there. But I'll finally get to the point I was going to make wide, okay? Last time out against Buena Vista, back on the 17th of December this past weekend, on the road. I mean, the Beavers are a good club and a really, really good conference, so you knew it was going to take a good performance anyway. But you talk about the depth. It is worth noting in that game, Jax Madsen, proud member of Ryan's squad, has had a great start to the season, jumping into the starting five this year, was not available didn't play in that game Wyatt but you talk about the depth did you see who rolls into the starting five a guy who's been killing it off the bench out of the transfer portal now inserted into the starting lineup you know I'm talking about well I know who you're talking about now but I mean I did not see it before you said that so uh, what do you mean what's he been doing so so Xavier Patterson rolls in and that's a huge luxury to have where okay Madsen can't start you just roll in Patterson to go along with Ackley, Sagdahl, Nielsen, and Trupp and he had a good game He's put up some big numbers off the bench. He has 22, 7, and 6 off the bench. You're like, wow, how'd they lose the game? Turn the ball over seven times. That like, mm. that hurts a little bit, not going to lie, especially in such a high-scoring game when the margins are so thin. Bethany shoots at 50% from the field. You don't have to shrug about that. Yeah, 17 isn't a horrible number for turnovers, but you know that's something that they're talking with X about and trying to figure out if you're going to play more minutes, like we need to take better care of the basketball. But we're just splitting hairs. They'll be fine. I'm not too worried about this I team. So I don't know too. what else to say about it, Wyatt, but it's it shows the luxury they have when a guy like that can be inserted because we'll talk about you know a few other teams here in a moment where they maybe don't have that depth. When a big player is out for a few games with an injury or out for a longer stretch and you're trying to find a way to fill that role and fill that void, not everyone has that luxury like Bethany has to put in an experienced guy like Mr. Patterson, if a Madsen or a Sagdahl can't start one night no I would agree with you there and it's interesting you say that because there's a couple other teams that we're going to talk about that might be dealing with that issue and we're seeing how it affects them so it certainly could affect a team like Bethany down down the road let's say if they get a couple guys or something happens right now uh, they look like the best team though on the men's side I I would say by far and it's going to be fun to see them continue to grow. So it's interesting. By, by far. Wow. Okay. Another one to I would say down. by why, far. Why it's, you just said by far. I thought you said by far. That's what I'm saying. I would say by oh, far. Oh, you would say by far. I, I okay. have no issue. Yeah, okay, I have no issue going it. on the record and okay. saying that. One more time. You don't have to write it down. Here we go. We have the, the audio <laughs> recorded, Ryan. Like, like people are listening to this, so you don't have to write it down. It's there I'm for your kidding. use. Yeah. But, uh, no, I hear the pen clicking. You were serious. <laughs> you were going to write it down. But, uh, anyways... 
it's it's funny because they were one of the teams that we talked about that could compete at the top of the conference, potentially win it this year. Two of the other ones, Northwestern and Crown, they've hit some struggles early this season, Ryan, and maybe we're overreacting. And I know Crown's dealt with some injury issues with uh, Cade Carroll, and that's a big issue for them. On the flip side, Northwestern's been without Seth Fouquet recently for a couple of games. So they're each dealing with some injuries there. But what's the underlying issues for both of these teams, and can it get fixed throughout the course of the season? And Crown already, they, they've been able to win a couple of games, I see. But uh, what, what in your mind, where do you want to start Crown or Northwestern, and what's the underlying issue in your opinion? Yeah, I was going to defer to you with which one you want to start Let's go with. Crown. Let's go Crown? All right, because I, I think it is a little different when we look at the two of them. Okay, so Crown mm-hmm. again. I mean, we see them as a conference title contender, if not the top team. I mean, when we initially did our rankings and Cade was healthy, I picked them at the top because they had the most experience back. They were in the ship a year ago. Yeah, they lost, but when you compare what they had coming back versus Northwestern, they feel like the best team. Now, all that is to be said, Wyatt, hasn't gone exactly how they would like it to in non-conference play, but without Cade, it's obviously going to look different for them. How do you respond after opening up UMAC play with two losses? We talked about it last time we were on the wide. I mean, it could be potentially the toughest road swing that any team's going to have in the UMAC when you have a weekend where you go to Northwestern and to North Central over the span of two days. Next game, they fall to Bethel in a tough one, tough pill to swallow in overtime. But now most recently in a quick road trip out to Cali before a long-deserved Christmas break, I mean, it can do a world of good for this club wide who's probably feeling a little bit down on themselves after the start to UMAC play to pick up wins at Whittier College, the Poets, and at the University of Laverne. I just like reading these mascots' names. Laverne was something a little funny as well, but I can't write. The, the Leopards. So, so they beat the Poets and the Leopards. The Polars right. getting it done against, you know, the Poets and the, the Leopards. I, I, I'm going to stop saying that because it's kind of... That's, that's yeah, say that five <laughs> times fast. Holy cow. Anyway, how big is that, Wyatt, do you think, for Coach Herbert's club? Now, they got a lot of experience. I'm not saying they're totally hanging their heads and, you know, there's absolute despair out in St. Bonifacius. But at the same time, they're human. They're feeling a little down on themselves, like I said, before going into the long Christmas break and getting a well-deserved chance to recharge the batteries, both as a coaching staff and a group of players. And get Cade back to full health hopefully because he's still not in the box scores we're looking at most recently in those games in Cali taking place earlier this week how much good does that do for them Wyatt to just I know you could say oh it's insignificant it's just two random non-conference games in California but if you extend this and it's a five game losing streak going into the restart of UMAC play and I'm so looking forward to in a few weeks because we're still a bit away talking about the lone game that weekend when we come back to UMAC play for both Morris and Crown taking place at the WAC Saturday afternoon, a surprise 2-0 Morris club at a Crown club who could potentially, we hope so, be getting Cade Carroll back desperate for a win in their conference home opener, Wyatt. That is a massive, massive game in this league. But going back to my question, how paramount was it for Crown to get these two wins in Cali? heading into the break i mean at the very least it gives them a confidence boost and like you said they got a lot of guys that have been here before and have uh, experienced highs and lows but there's nothing quite like just being able to win some games to calm yourself down and make you realize okay 
we're still doing the things the right way, it's going to finally start to work out in our favor. You know what I mean? Because I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think they've just had a couple of tough games to start conference play, and they're missing their best player, obviously, still. So when Cade Carroll's on that team, they're a completely different team. It's not a big surprise. So to show that they can win without him, get a little bit of confidence goes a long ways. But as far as their championship aspirations go, at the end of the day, he needs to be back. I mean, right? I don't think you would disagree with that. So until Cade Carroll's healthy and playing with them, it's going to be tough for them, in my opinion, to make much noise in the UMAC this year. Well, and it's interesting, too. I mean, let's just say, again, hypothetically, we don't, you know, have any information to back this up, but they were, you know, slow rolling it and saying, okay, if he's not close to or at 100%, there's no reason to play him before we get back to UMAC play. Let's just say, hypothetically, he's back on the 7th. How quick can he flip the switch where he's back to near not just, you know, health level at one point, but getting back into game speed in the UMAC where he can put up the numbers that we got used to for a stretch last year where he's putting up 25-plus, darn near 30 or 30-plus even in some games in that absurd stretch that he had that I'm thinking back to last February. How quick can he get back to that A level of Cade? Because they may need it real soon. Not that we're pressing the panic button, but you started an 0-2 hole, and then to start UMAC play, Crown has three straight games on this restart, I should say, Morris, Superior, Northland. Those are big ones at the WAC where you want to protect your home floor and say, we can't get into any bigger of a hole. No, you're right. I mean, you don't panic by any means after the first weekend, but you are digging yourself a little bit out of a hole now at this point at 0-2, and so that is in the back of your mind. So, And I love the term you used, game speed. It's so true. It's completely different seeing uh, you know a guy actually out there on the court for the first time versus you know practicing even or off to the side or conditioning there's a completely different feel to actually doing it for the first time it's like in football for instance it'd be like any sport but in football a guy's okay if he's dealing with an injury until he gets hit once you know what I mean and then it's like okay is he really okay in baseball it's like if you you know aren't able to practice or swing a bat for a while and then you go in there and stand in the box and try to hit a 90 mile per hour fast ball it's a different feel so game speed you can't replicate it you just have to experience it so that'll be very interesting once he does come back to see if like you said he can flip the switch right away but I I would agree it's going to be crucial stretch for him coming back off the break we'll continue to keep an eye on it if he gets to be fully healthy regardless of what seed they get if they are to get into the conference tournament let's say and he is fully healthy at the end of the year Watch out. That's all I'm going to say. They're a completely different team and one of the teams that uh, could very easily win that thing like we talked about at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and I mean, when, when I look at that Morris matchup, and i got to stop it because it's, it's a ways away, but I'm so excited about that one for a number of reasons why. Because as far as matching a guy on him defensively, I told you before, remember the name. I'm going to say it again. Kenny Playseed. Yeah. He, he can make life difficult for Cade Carroll in that matchup, and he's going to have to be up to speed real quick athletically, and if he's trying to finish in the purple area, I mean, Wyatt, we say it so often in the game of basketball, the boys can play around the three-point line and have fun going up and down, but once you get into the purple at the WAC or at the Erickson Center and you get into the paint, that's where the men play, all right? You got to grow up. You got to cut your teeth. As soon as you get into the teeth of that defense, we're not messing around anymore. Like, you better come in with bad intentions to try to get buckets in the paint and do damage there. And the teams that do that the best are the ones who more often than not are winning and the ones who are going to have a chance to cut down the nets at the end of this season. And so I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Before we move on from Crown, mentioning 
one more guy. Do you want to give a shout-out to your guy? I mean, he's been big time off the bench, especially in that win that they had that I mentioned over the University of Laverne. Give it up, Wyatt. Well, we don't want him to get too big of a head, so we got to be careful. But yeah, he's been he's been playing some good ball lately, Carter Bainey, and that's uh, another guy that's played a lot for him in years past. And, and without Cade Carroll in the lineup, he's got to do that if they're going to win games. So uh, he he has a big role for them with Cade out. Even when Cade's in, I think he can play a big piece and be a potential X factor in close games where you know it, it's not the guys like Cade where you know they're going to put up these huge stat lines and things like that. But it's guys like him and other guys on that team that kind of have to fill in the gaps then from there so shout out to him he deserves it like you said and uh if he can continue to play like that moving forward it only makes him more dangerous go elks state that's, champs that's all i'm gonna say about it though i don't i don't want to i don't want him to get yeah i don't want him to get too big of a head so i'm gonna say how about that though too we can talk about that uh mr football state champs i mean it's a good time to be an elk right now just saying yeah, yeah, big big win over Mankato West a few weeks ago. I know you were very dialed and excited about your Elks oh, abs- win there. So. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the other team here on the men's side, Northwestern, to me their issues are a little bit more concerning than Crowns. That's the way I feel. You watch them in person a lot. You can probably play the card here of there's reasons why they've been struggling and they're all fixable and all that. Where, where do you stand on Northwestern at this point? Because I think it's three in a row now that they've lost, and, and the one to Morris kind of started that yeah so officially I'll, I'll double check this but yes it is three straight losses you are indeed correct and it started with Morris to end UMAC play and at the moment I'm not going to lay down any cards for you Wyatt we can maybe get to that in a second but whenever I play a card game anyway I mean it, it doesn't go very well for the few times <laughs> I do it so anyway what I want to throw to you though I'm going to turn it right back on you all right I mentioned your club just a little bit ago division one all right, folks, Wyatt and I both watch a lot of Division One basketball, and I know many of you listeners also follow it. Wyatt, I think with the transition that we have from what we've seen the past couple of years, I mean, we think most recently last year, and then going into this year, where the cupboard's far from bare, but a couple few pieces have gone. There's still a great coaching staff on the sideline. There's pedigree, but it just feels a little different. Do you see any similarities between these Northwestern Eagles and your Gonzaga Bulldogs for this season? Because I see some. That's interesting. I've never thought of it in that aspect, and I guess I would to a certain extent. Uh, I think a big problem for Northwestern is if they don't score a ton of points, they have a tough time beating or controlling you know the game or beating teams and i think we've seen that at times this year uh i i I mean gonzaga's similar i guess if you want to put it that way i mean they had to score 100 even to beat alabama the other week like at times it looks like they're not even trying to defend thankfully for northwestern it hasn't gotten uh, to that level by any means but i legit feel like sometimes gonzaga says now we're going to take this possession off that's how bad it's been but anyways I would agree. There's some similarities there, and there's pieces, like you said, but it's not the same dominance that we have seen in years past. Good news is I think both of them can still turn it around and can get to that point uh, again this year. More importantly, talking about our team in the UMAC, because that's the conference (laughs) we're on, uh, because I could talk about Gonzaga, as you know, for a long time. Point guard for both clubs, Wyatt. There's some similarities there, too, I think, from the past couple years to this year. 
Northwestern has had elite point guard play in years past, and, and even last year, losing a guy like Caleb Waldeck that was a captain was a big part of that team for four years. Because in this day and age, you know, you you get so many uh, different scenarios with COVID and stuff and whatnot. But Waldeck was there for all four years in Northwestern, played a big role. And uh, before that, we've had the Cody Springers and uh, my brother, and I mean, even like guys like uh, that don't play the point guard position, but elite guard play. You know what I mean, like going all the way back to when yes. me and you first started watching Northwestern. Andrew and they Nehard, have good Joel, Joel AI. I mean, the, the discussion goes on If you want to keep bringing up the Gonzaga guys, we can. I'm going to try and stay away from it. Okay, but I'll stop. I, I, I think they have good guard play this year. I don't know if it's a leap by any means. And obviously, like I, 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 I'll say this, I talked to you about this. I mean, Seth Bouquet has been out for a little bit now, and that hurts him. But I even think with him in the lineup, they, they have other things they need to kind of iron out. I don't know what it is exactly. I trust that coaching staff to figure it out. But I do think their issues are a little bit more concerning at the moment than Crown's, just with the way some of these games have uh, unfolded. That's just my personal opinion. So things are going to change. And again, it's it's tough to, to do this hypothetical stuff. And I know some people may not like this, but it's what we have to go off of, all right? And we talk about how successful that Northwestern has been in the last chunk of years. And you say we trust it because we've seen it so many times, Wyatt, where there can be little dips and struggles in the non-conference or early in UMAC play and a little blip on the radar. But I say it's only a blip because often that's all it ends up being. It doesn't enlarge to anything more than that because they figure it out and they're playing their best basketball mid to late February. And they're peaking at the conference tournament semifinals championship and then into the NCAA tournament. We've seen it so many times. All it is to be said I know the game is not happening for a few weeks, but before too long, it's less than a month, Northwestern's going to welcome in Bethany Lutheran, and they've been the talk of the town, and for good reason. Let's say that they're playing in a few days. I know this is hypothetical, but I'm going to do it anyway. If we okay. saw those two match up, from what we've been able to gather so far from a distance, and then you know you watching Northwestern more, um, sitting, you know, at home on your couch watching on the stream versus Bethany and both of us are trying to keep an eye as best we can on both teams. What do you think is the biggest difference right now between those two and maybe why there is a gap? Because I think you would agree with that with what you said a little bit earlier ago where you said by far right now, I would say Bethany is the number one. What's the biggest difference or few differences between Bethany to Northwestern? Well, I think depth plays a part to a certain extent. I, I think you look at the guys coming off of the bench right now for Northwestern, and correct me if I'm wrong, but besides, I think Burns is a sophomore, right? Uh, otherwise, they're all they're all freshmen, though, aren't they? So you got a lot of young guys that, that haven't really experienced UMAC play, and they're good, but they're kind of raw still and trying to figure it out and work their way through that. So that's a part of it. I think Bethany's depth, and like you said, I mean, you fill in Patterson into the starting lineup and, and a guy that's been around the block a time or two, and you see what he can do right away. I don't think Northwestern really has a guy that you could just fill in and do that. So I think that'd be number one. And then number two I honestly just feel like they're more well-rounded and complement each other better. I, I don't know if it's because of the freshmen trying to mix in with the guys that are older. Fuquay transferred in, but it just seems like Bethany has a good thing going right now. They got good synergy over there right now. Northwestern, at times, when I've watched them play, and I've watched Northwestern more than I have Bethany this year, but it seems like 
They, I, I don't know what it is. There's just something off a little bit about them, whether it's on the offensive end, defensive end. Like, I just don't think they've quite put it all together yet. And I think they still can, like I said. But right now, Bethany seems like they have. And, and so that, to me, is why they're ahead of really not just Northwestern, but everybody in the conference at this point. And again, it doesn't really matter right now. It matters at the end of the year. Yeah, and you know I like the make-believe hypothetical, so I'm just going to ask you one more. If in three days Bethany is going to Northwestern, I know they're not, don't get me wrong, but we like to play this game. What's the uh, betting line, if we want to Beth- put it that Bethany's way? Going, Bethany's going to Northwestern? Going to the Erickson Center like they will in a few weeks. What What's the line, Wyatt? Let's say they're playing on Christmas morning. They're not, but. That would be something, though. We should do it. We need more standalone games in the UMAC, Stop. Ryan. We need we need those Christmas Day games. But uh, four and a half, I guess, in favor of Bethany, I'd put okay. it at, I'd say. So, somewhere around there. I don't know. What, and that's what, saying what, something. What, what, on the road, in a raucous atmosphere, it's going to be hoops hysteria. I, the pet yeah. band may be in attendance. It will be the whole nine yards, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks. If you can't tell, I've had that one circled on my calendar. Yeah, I would. I would say at least that. You could say five. I, I just feel like Bethany is the even. better team. You know, like yep. even even being at Northwestern, I feel like they deserve to be favored still in that game. Yep. Which is my gut feeling around it. Which it is interesting though, because you have brought it up in the past. I mean, Northwestern's guys. You think of the three captains: Kame, Fonbule, Hoyleen. They've all seen the bright lights before in a big moment like that and delivered. Bethany it's hasn't true. necessarily seen a moment like that on the road. Don't get me wrong. You can say play devil's advocate. They've been tested big time in the non-conference, and they've passed almost every single test. But it's it's different in the UMAC Y. You know that. The intensity is a little bit higher. Teams know each other more. The coaching battle is a little more contested with guys who have faced off against each other multiple times recently. So we haven't seen it in that moment yet. Now, I'm not doubting that they can do it because they have experience, but it's interesting. You talk about Fuquay. He's a transfer into Northwestern. Well, Bethany's got the same thing with Ackley and Patterson. You talk about big time playing the paint and protecting the rim with Henry and, and Caleb, what they can do for Northwestern alongside Kyle. Well, Bethany says Hunter Nielsen's the ultimate eraser. And then you got shooting if they're both on. I mean, guys to spread the floor, the, you know, Posser niches and the, you know, K-Minks. And then you got the, the Shrups and the Sagdolls and the Madsons for Bethany. And I'll quit naming names, but it's, it's fascinating when we look at, at those two and, you know, is Northwestern still the two would be my last question to you, Wyatt, with what we've seen so far. Now, we hope Crown's going to get a Cade back. North Central's kind of a wild card. They open up opening weekend splitting it. We thought they'd be near the top. And then you got a team like Morris who's 2-0. and So right now, is Northwestern the two? Or, or do you say, no, I, I haven't seen enough. And especially lately, I don't like what I've seen. They can't be two. Well, I, I would put them the two. I think the conference is just so open, though, at this point. Uh, I mean, Bethany's the clear-cut number one, but I'd have Northwestern favored over anybody else on a neutral court tomorrow. So I, okay. I and this is assuming this is assuming that Crown does not have Kate. If Kate's a yes. fully healthy guy, then I'd put Crown number two in Northwestern three right now. That's fair. That is. And, and Morris, don't get fair. me wrong, like they they deserve a ton of respect for what they did, but it's one of those things. you got to show a little bit more still because you don't necessarily have the pedigree as some of these other schools from past years. So it's a good start, but they got to sustain it now to truly get that respect over the course of the season. And how about the Cougars, Wyatt? I mean, they're still basking in that big win at Northwestern in that huge second half, and they're just sitting around over Christmas break, putting their feet up and looking at the – clock and waiting for their next game on january the third what do you say they're hungry 
So, no, they're they're. Uh, I don't remember what I said. The word I was going to use now, though, is do you think they're getting complacent though? Because it's such a long break, it's easy yeah. to just kind of like you said, sit there and. I mean, practice is not the same as games. You want to get out there and compete against other guys. So, I don't know. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on when they do get back to action. It definitely will be. I mean, at least for them, I guess you can say they do have that one game to try to get things back on track before they jump into conference play because you know why, and I was hyping it up just a chunk of minutes ago, it's at Crown. And, I mean, that game is just all the more at a higher level if Cade Carroll is suiting up for Crown. So... We sure hope he is. We don't have any more information on that. But if you can't already tell, why there's some matchups that I'm uh, really looking forward to. I mean, also on that 7th, I talk about Northwestern against Bethany. That's not till the 14th. First on the 7th, it, it's Minnie versus Paul. It's a pair of 1-1 one one UMAC clubs. Micah Filer trying to make a statement in his first big road matchup at Northwestern. Eagles trying to find a way to right the ship early out of the gates and get back to over 500 in UMAC play. Fun one. It will be. We won't spoil it like you said. We've we'll, we'll get to the predictions later on. I'm not going to, you know, talk anymore about it, but there's as usual always a couple of big marquee games any week given week or weekend in the UMAC. There definitely is. I don't have much of anything else wide. I hope uh you have a fantastic Christmas with your family and you get uh, all the gifts that you uh we're hoping for or at least some of them on your list but but you and I both know it, it's more important to you know give than get and it's more of a blessing to be able to give to others than to get so I know you're excited to see the the looks on the faces of your family members and other people for for getting the gift that you know they never expected you would get for them so I'll stop putting words into your mouth but I hope all, all your Christmas dreams come true later on this week Absolutely, I appreciate that. But it is it is uh, more about uh, you know being thankful this time of the year. That's that's Amen. what I'll say. Yep, that is for sure. So, anyways, yeah, no, that's all I got. Looking forward to uh, hopping back on here uh, later on, and uh, well, certainly looking forward to January more than anything because we'll actually be able to talk about conference games once again, previews, predictions, things like that. But just a couple things to uh, keep in mind here as we progress the season. Glad we could do it. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening, supporting the podcast. We do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, with uh, that being said, uh, this has been another edition of the pod. Appreciate it, like I said, and we'll talk to you next time on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. Merry Christmas.